0: If you think of a person listening to this right now and they're going, can I, can I be an athlete? Can I do these things? Can I face the struggle and do these things? What are some tips you would have for that person to help them shift into an athletic mindset when they don't perceive themselves as having an athlete's body or looking like an athlete?
1: First thing I'll say is yes, you can. I have this phrase of delusional self-belief, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, delusional (laughs) self-belief, yes!
1: (laughs) And that's the notion is that you have to believe in yourself so much, so hard, than anybody else around you thinks you're crazy.
0: Welcome to the Fantastical Fatty Podcast, where we celebrate fat baddies challenging fat phobic stereotypes, smashing anti fat narratives and changing the freaking world for fatties like you and me. I'm your host, Lindsay Johnson, aka Fantastical Fatty. I'm a fat joy activist, fat liberationist, and fat fitness lover. I'm here to remind you that you're allowed to love every inch of your fat body, take up space, and live your best fat baddie life. No matter where you're at on your journey to fat liberation and fat joy, this podcast is going to amp you up. You're going to get to hear from some truly fantastical fatties, whether they themselves, are in the space of fat liberation or fat activism, or they're just living badass lives in a bigger body. Without further ado, let's meet today's guest. Hello, Fantastical Fatties. Welcome to another recording of the Fantastical Fatty Podcast. We have a fantastic guest on today's episode, Martinez Evans. Now, if you don't already know Martinez, where the heck have you been? You need to go immediately to Instagram and TikTok and look up 300 pounds and running. Martinez has run over eight marathons since his doctor told him to quote-unquote, lose weight or die in July 2012. Since then, he's coached hundreds of runners and founded the Slow AF Run Club, a community of over 10,000 members worldwide. He's also author of the book, Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anybody who wants to run. And he passionately speaks about issues related to size inclusivity, mindset, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and mental health. Our conversation today really centers around Martinez's philosophy of delusional self-belief and how most of the time, all of the time, when haters are going to hate, when they're telling you that you can't do something or they think that you're stupid, Martinez's words, for trying to do something athletic in a bigger body or really anything period. We have to understand that those naysayers, that doubt, that is theirs. That is their belief for themselves getting projected onto you. And you, my friends, do not have to listen to it. In this episode, we share some embarrassing stories. We share some inspiring stories. And oh my goodness, did we laugh. Like literally my cheeks hurt and I am wiping away tears of laughter. (laughs) friends. I'm so, so excited for you to listen to this episode. Let's get into it. Martinez, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Lindsay, I am doing amazing. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: I am excited and I am honored. Oh my goodness. The work you are doing in the fat run space is incredible. Mm -hmm. How the heck did you get into this? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um i ask myself that question every day <laughs> so it all started in 2012 um in 2012 i was working at men's warehouse at the time um uh, a commission sales job uh a suit salesman on my feet eight to 12 hours a day in hard bottom shoes, um uh, running around selling suits right I, I like to pin that as i continue to go to the story um by far it's the worst thing you probably wear for a long period of time yeah. um but that's, that was the uniform. Developed some hip issues, went to go see a doctor, which led me to another doctor. And as I was sitting in there, explaining to him what's going on with me as far as like this hip and things of that sort. He's like, I know what's wrong with you. Mm. I said, okay, what's that? He was like, it's because you're fat mm. and <laughs> you need to lose weight to die. And, <laughs> and for me, I was kind of taken aback Cause I'm like, A, you don't know me. B, I just sat down and told you like, I'm on my feet eight to 12 hours a day in these dress shoes running around yada 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 so obviously i'm quite active forcefully throughout my work mm. and we just have this whole argument you know he went i'm like well you know yeah stomach is a pregnant woman all this other stuff you need to start walking on the track um all this stuff right and i remember telling him like screw you screw all of this if i wanted to i'll run a marathon
0: yeah
1: he laughs at me and tells me that's the most stupidest thing he heard in all his years of practicing medicine yeah, I wanted to lay hands on him, Lindsay.
0: Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> like that is that is ridiculous. Keep going. I mean, I think that's so relatable. I think every, <laughs> every that person, you know, relatable.
1: So I wanted to lay hands on him. Um, yeah. continued to have an argument, and I stormed out the doctor's office. And on my way home, still ruminated, uh, ruminating about this whole situation. I drive past a running shoe store, mm. going to the running shoe store, and bought shoes that day. And mm. that was kind of like my journey. Went home, got on the treadmill, and failed miserably. But I was so determined to uh, say fuck you to this doctor that I kept going back at it every other day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And at what point did you sign up for a marathon?
1: (laughs) So um, throughout that journey, like most people think, well, you you do it and you sign up for a marathon. Not really. I didn't run my first marathon until about 18 months afterwards, right? So I met that doctor in like June or July in 2012. I didn't run my first marathon until October uh, 2013. So okay. throughout that whole thing, yeah.
0: I know what I was going to say, yeah. but 18 months to go from not even being a runner at all to running yeah. a marathon, that is, to me, that feels quick.
1: <laughs> um, I guess, you know, <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I just knew, like, it took, for me, I thought that was slow, right? Yeah. Because um, I, I expected to run a marathon that day, but okay. that, didn't, <laughs> that didn't happen. But, you know, I, I'm i a very methodical and assessive type of individual. So, like, I started with Couch to 5K, found it out Couch to 5K wasn't meant for people with size or people with slower bodies because the last day of couch a 5k is like run 30 minutes. Congratulations. You ran a, a 5k and me doing the map and being like, so you expecting me to run something faster than the 10 minute mile. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and then I tried to find, um, tried to hire a running coach back in 2012. Nobody would want to work with a 300 pound man. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't find a running coach. Everybody was like, yeah, you need to lose weight first. Huh? So everybody's like, you need to lose weight first. Or like, nah, I don't think I can do it. Blah, blah, blah. So I went on the whole journey of myself to like go to the, get a running, run coach certification myself, read all the running books yeah. and did all this other stuff pretty much to like work on myself yeah, and do the things that I wanted to do. So yeah. 18 months later, you know, I ran my first right. marathon.
0: It's so interesting whenever I talk to any trainers of any type who are in a, in a bigger body, and it's almost always because of some sort of discrimination or anti-fat bias um, that they've experienced that they said, well, I'm just going to do it myself then. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. And even, even listening to that, like I, I have run a couple of triathlons and when I was training for my first triathlon, I got to the swim portion of the training and swam a length of the pool and then halfway back and then jogging paddled the rest of the way I
1: was (laughs) done
0: I was like oh goodness I apparently don't know how to swim for for endurance for distance (laughs) and so I was like let me get a swimming lesson let me get someone to help me with my stroke right and the oh my goodness the way that this trainer got into my head about my body size and, and that I would not be able to complete the triathlon. And I was at risk of like drowning. And, you know, I think they were doing that thing where they wanted to make me feel like I needed them to mm. maybe hire them. I think it was kind of that, but either way, the doubt that they put in my head, I stopped training for a whole month. I was like, what have I done? I'm so dumb. I can't do triathlon. I'm going to die out there. And they just like, it, they shot my confidence so much. And it's, it's so interesting. It's so interesting as a bigger person to try to carve out any space at all in the world of athletics, in the world of sport. Yeah. It is not easy. Forget just that, you know, Like our bodies can do it if we, if we are gentle, if we train them, but it's the stigma, it's the exclusion, it's discrimination. It's the straight up bullying. Did you experience that as well? Not just from run coaches, but even in the world of athletics, like, did you experience that from other runners?
1: Absolutely. Um, when you mentioned swimming I actually flashed (laughs) back to when I was in high school. So, um, in the high school, they offered this free like lifeguard lessons type thing, and I'm like, "Well shit, like I want to be a lifeguard." Uh, so I go through the whole training, get all the way there, and did not get my lifeguard certification because I made too too big of a splash jumping into the pool so like that was the thing like they teach you like how to like jump in the pool yeah and like not make this big splash but since i'm a larger individual like my splashes was always bigger anyway and i didn't get my certification because of that
0: but can i ask a bit of a nerdy question here a technical question does a splash have something to do with saving lives like is that a thing
1: (laughs) yeah um from from what i remember like from what i remember like yes like Having a splash like so you trying to jump into a pool and you next to, like trying to jump next to somebody and you make a bigger splash that it might disorient them and okay.
0: Like, oh my gosh, that's that's so wild. Okay, well that's I, awkward. I,
1: I, I, I could have been on Baywatch, like they Bay, they <laughs> I could have been on Baywatch, like I could have been the first fat lifeguard, but instead right. I had to be a marathon instead. Yeah. Um when it comes to like bullying, absolutely. Um in the running scene absolutely even the way i got the name so run club right for the community i created um i was running a race and somebody was heckling me like imagine running a marathon being at mile 18 you got your headphones on jamming just trying to make sure you don't stop you see somebody doing like large gestures out the corner of your eye so you think it's something's going on so you take out your headphones and you're like what what's going on and he's like, you're slow as fuck. Go home. And I'm like, I'm confused. I'm like, what? You're slow as fuck. Go home. And I'm like, you're not even running.
0: You're, you're on the sidelines, buddy.
1: <laughs> you're on the sidelines drinking. And you telling me to go home? No, you fucking go home.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) What did that did that what did that do? Did that did that fire you up or did that deflate you?
1: No, it pissed me the fuck off. I feel
0: like I (laughs) already know the answer to this. And I went even faster.
1: (laughs) But from that point on, um, that's how I even came up the name Sloya Run Club. Because I was like, oh, I got something for his ass. As a big middle finger to him, I'm gonna write Sloya across all of my t-shirts yep, and I'm going to run these races and people found it hilarious and then people wanted to buy them I wasn't selling them at the time and then the entrepreneur and me was like well I'm selling these yeah. yep. <laughs> and then I started I sold 500 shirts in the first weekend um, I'm selling these shirts and the rest was history
0: oh my gosh oh my gosh oh I love a business born out of spite <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know what? It's so interesting how you heard that and you were like, F you, buddy. And Mm -hmm. you created a whole brand. (laughs) And then I think about myself and I think I heard that and I immediately was filled with self-doubt and stopping. And it's like, how do you think we can support people in bigger bodies in shifting their mindsets?
1: from Mm -hmm. being
0: discouraged and defeated to being f you i'm doing it
1: yes mindset is definitely a a thing right and i i I have a few mindset tools that we can talk about right i think before we even get into all of this it comes down to it's you versus the thoughts in your head Mm -hmm. versus the thoughts of other people of you versus your thoughts of your head in your head of those (laughs) other people of you as well yeah so as a larger individual, we have those things going on. You have so many thoughts going on in your head. You got the stuff that, that you're already dealing with yourself. You got the other people trying to tell you something. And then you got the thoughts of you dealing with those thoughts as well. So it's a lot to deal with as a, a plus-size individual, right? And, you know, the first thing I always say is seek therapy. Um, you know, mindset tips and tricks um, will help, but therapy will work wonders as well so you know that's the first thing i always tell people is that you know you need to figure out how to be able to deal with these thoughts as well as um help keep those things in check yes so one of the things that i do that i learned from therapy is i i I give my inner voice a uh a persona yeah so i name him otis otis is a old raspy man that has a raspy voice that's gonna talk shit when you don't need to do it. think of like one of those uncles who's always saying inappropriate shit at, 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 at any given time yeah. that's ogres and sometimes you know with that uncle you you have to grow up and be like uncle I, I don't care what the hell you're saying you need to go on with that bullshit like go on go away from here and then he'd be like oh you didn't grow up now nah, let me go ahead and mind my business so like that's the first thing right is giving that inner voice a persona so that way you can really understand that um, that voice is not you. It's something else that you're able to address. And I would say like, that's uh, the second thing, right? Is that um, your thoughts and feelings about yourself isn't true. Yes, You know, our mind is going to drum up some things, but your thoughts and your feelings about yourself are not true. And we need to realize that if we look at those as we're looking in the mirror, we can realize like, oh, that's just a mirror. That's just a reflection of me. That's just a reflection of what's going on. Yeah. But that's not me right now. Yeah. So um, that those are like the starters, right? Like that's top three right there.
0: I love that. Thank well, you. and I was going to say really quickly to, to add on to that, like so many times our thoughts, like by the way, mine is called Frank. My inner inner gremlin is Frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he is based off of a... Um, I back when I was on the, on the strata council in a in a condo of mine years ago, he was like the whatever, like the head mm. strata liaison for the building, whatever. I don't know. His name is Frank. He was mm. the worst. And that is my, you know, because there's a part of me that's like, Frank, you're just an idiot. <laughs> so <laughs> I have no respect for you. You are small minded and a bully and you're dumb. And so mm-hmm. like when my inner voice goes in, I can visualize Frank and I'm like, like, you're nothing. What am I, what right, am I out right. telling you? But I was going to say that a lot of times those inner thoughts, they are not our own. Like, we right. didn't make those up. Those were put into us right. by society, media, family, you know, a, a, a weird uncle or a, a crappy stream instructor. So I think that's even a, like, that's something that I wish we acknowledged more. Like, mm-hmm. that isn't even your voice. When you Definitely. say your thoughts are not you, it's because that's not even your voice.
1: Yeah yeah big facts so i would say those are the top three yeah and then if i had that one add a bonus one is do it afraid um
0: yeah in my book
1: and i know we're going to talk about a little bit more later um i have this phrase of like you know you you need to have the i'll go if i have to by myself mentality yes and um that's the thing that's the notion of like you want to go do something you're afraid you you think that oh i need somebody to handhold me along the way no This is what you really need to lean into and go do it by yourself. Because by doing it by yourself, by doing scary things by yourself, you are then giving yourself the, uh, the permission to get gritty, to get hardened, to, to be able to do even harder things because you did that one thing while you were afraid.
0: Yeah. What was the first thing that you did that you can remember doing by yourself that gave you that mentality that gave you that wisdom?
1: Um, other than buying shoes (laughs) other than buying running shoes my doctor told me i was gonna die (laughs) um I, i i think there was multiple things along the way right so for example my first run it sucked um i was inconveniently sandwiched between two gazelles as i like to call them uh one guy was going like 10 the other guy was going like nine and I remember being like, "Holy fuck! Like, how fast do I need to be going? Like, I can't go like two or three on here. And Like, these fuckers <laughs> are going ten. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm gonna go seven. Horrible <laughs> idea. And when my body hit that treadmill on the ground, when I fell, 15 seconds later, you know, you it fell. Was like, yes, <laughs> I fell. I fell. <laughs> okay, so 15 <laughs> seconds later, you fell. 15 seconds later, I said, "I told you when my body hit that ground. <laughs> when my body hit that ground, it made a low a noise <laughs> that I've never heard before. <laughs> Have you ever heard fat skin <laughs> skin on a treadmill? <laughs> that shit did not hurt. feel amazing, no. and it was loud." <laughs> What did the gazelles do? <laughs> so they stopped, and they was like, "Hey, bro, are you okay?" And I got the fuck up out of there. <laughs> did
0: you leave? <laughs> I gotta take a photo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I grabbed my cell phone. I ran the hell up out of there.
0: <laughs> you know what's amazing is that would be enough for so many people to stop. So how how did you get back in there?
1: So um, I have a tattoo on my wrist. I have a tattoo that I got very young um, and it says no struggle, no progress. It's a, yes. it's from a speech from Frederick Douglass um, and the whole speech or part of the speech, you know, it says there, you know, if there's no struggle, there's no progress. And they go on to say like people or men who favor freedom, but does not agitate change are like people who want, um, Props, but don't want to do the work of tilling up the land they want the ocean without its loud roar they want the rain without its thunder and lightning and that quote just always meant something to me of in order to do something like you're going to have to go to through some type of struggle and he says like the struggle might be a moral one it might be a physical one it might even be a mental one but it has to be a struggle in order for you to get some progress yeah So as I was at home, like walking home with tears in my eyes, like I reached out to the doorknob of my apartment and, um, and as I twerked the doorknob, the doorknob, it hit me. Like I looked at my tattoo and I was like, fuck, I know what I need to do. I need to go through the struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get back on it. Oh my gosh. Wow. 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 I love that. I love that. So, so you talk a lot about like the mindset of an athlete. Mm. And I mean, that is the mindset of an athlete. Right. Right. What, again, if you think of, if you think of a person listening to this right now and they're going, can I, can I be an athlete? Can I do these things? Can I, can I face the struggle and do these things? You know, what would you, what are some tips you would have for that person to help them shift into an athletic mindset when they don't perceive themselves as having an athlete's body or looking like an athlete?
1: So, um, first thing I'll say is yes, you can. And, um, I have this phrase, of delusion, delusional self-belief, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, delusional (laughs) self-belief. Yes.
1: (laughs) And that's the notion is that you have to believe in yourself so much, so hard than anybody else around you. Thinks you're crazy. So the the example I like to use is if we look at all these modern mo- modern marvels, right? That we all take for granted. Like somebody back in the day had to have been like, you know what? Tyder sending a telegram or a pigeon or whatever they sent to communicate to people back then, or I've been on this horse and riding 40 fortnights to get there, right? Like I wish I can sit here and talk to them. And somebody else had to be like, you know what? That's stupid. Go home, go to sleep but somebody worked on it right or like the same thing with flying some the Wright brothers or so whoever was like you know what i'm tired of riding these horses hurting my is hurting my butt it's taking forever how can i can i fly there i wish i can fly like the birds and somebody had to be like you're stupid that is dumb don't do that you're delusional And that's the same thing with delusional self-belief. Like, you're going to be like, I want to be X, Y, and Z. I want to swim. I want to be a swimmer. I want to be a runner. I want to be a cyclist. And people are going to look at you and be like, you are stupid. You're dumb and you're delusional. And guess what? That's okay. Because the only thing you have to do is continue to believe in yourself and continue to put in those actions. And that delusion will actually come into fruition. Like, everything's impossible until it isn't anymore yeah yeah
0: that's literally it's out there i have that that in my in my gym in my gym it says everything everything seems
1: impossible until it's done right yeah so that's the thing so when i was telling my family and friends like hey i'm i'm about to become a runner i'm about to be a marathoner they was like the fuck what you doing that shit for and there's a there have been friends now who had came to me and was like damn you know what Martinez." I wish I would have went on you with this journey because I'd be a marathoner too. I'd yeah. be traveling around the world with your ass because I've been—I would have been right there at the journey with you. But that's the thing, right? Like people don't see it for you. People don't see it for you, and yeah. that means truthfully, they don't see it for themselves. So yeah. that's why they're—they—they they put their own pre- preconceived notion on you, and it's only a, a very smooth, a small percentage of people who—who who I told, like, hey, I am might run a marathon. And they looked at me, and they was like, "Okay, mm. how can I help?" Yeah. But other people's like, "Why would you want to do that? Is it bad for your knees? You're fat, heart problems, all this other stuff. Bad for your knees, all this other shit." And I'm like, "Let me do me." And then don't don't even add on the fact of like, "Yo, um, I'm gonna I'm 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 going to move, and I'm not gonna focus on weight loss." Yeah. Yes. But so it, it would sound like the fucking world is about to explode. Because I'm like, yo, I'm not going to get on the scale. I'm not going to monitor the spool. I'm not going to do all this other stuff. My exercise and my movement is not dictated by a fucking number on a scale. Yeah. Like, I have a workout plan, and I'm going to do that regardless if I get, I get on the scale yeah. and it says I'm two pounds down or if I'm three pounds up. That's not going to dictate how I'm moving my body. Yes, and, and I feel like for most people, they don't understand that. And that's the most craziest thing they they ever heard. Like, what? Like, why would you exercise and do all this stuff and not want to lose weight? Yeah. Like, isn't that going to happen? I'm like, well, my body's going to do whatever it's going to do. Yeah. Period.
0: And when well, and there's like, it, I'm, for, I'm forgetting this. Like, how did I forget this? When I was talking about doing the triathlon, I'd always wanted to do one. But I mm. thought I had to be thin because all triathletes are thin, right? Right. That was my perception. That's what we get shown. And so I, I was like, well, I got to lose weight before I can do a triathlon. And then it was a friend, a friend who'd actually got hit by a car while riding her bike mm. and it messed up her hips. It messed up her back. And she was like, I'm not going to basically be a victim in my head or in my body. I'm going to do a triathlon. Do you want to mm. do one with me? And it took me a couple hours of thinking about it. And then I was like, you know what? Yes let's do it. Like, let's do it. I'm athletic. I am fit. I love movement. Let's do it. And I picked a training plan and I did the training plan. And I did two triathlons, two mm. that summer. And it's like, yeah. Was I one of the only fat people? Absolutely. Yeah. Was I the only one in no wetsuit because they don't make plus size wetsuits? Absolutely. Yeah. Did my fingers and toes freeze in the leg? Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, it's this, it's this, this belief that if I'm in a bigger body, I can't do it. Right. And that's absolute nonsense because of course we can. We just got to train.
1: Just got to do it. Yeah. And the thing is, will it be harder? Yes. Yes. Will it look different from um, what everybody else see? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would you get weird looks and and, and confused looks? Yeah. Yes. But guess what? You're not doing it for the external foci anybody else. You're doing it mm-hmm. for your own personal joy. Yes,
0: exactly. The amount of times I would tell someone that I would do it, tri- I'm doing a triathlon or I did a triathlon and Martinez, the way that they would look me up and down yeah, immediately up and down as their brain was trying to calculate. But then what was really interesting is how, and and they didn't need to be, but how they would feel bad about themselves mm-hmm. because you can hear the narrative. Well, this fat person did a triathlon and I did it like what, you know? Right. And it's like, it's breaking their brains, not just in their belief in themselves, like you said, oh, I could have done that. If this person did it, why didn't I? But also hopefully breaking their brains and their own internalized sort of like like their stigmas and stereotypes around people in bigger bodies, right? Because we need everyone's brains breaking around this and, and right. expanding open, right? Into, well, crikey, maybe fat people you know, are human beings who are capable of things and we need to not be so mean to them, you know?
1: (laughs) Exactly. So I think that's the thing. You wouldn't be, you would be surprised of how many times like people look at me when I'm running a race Mm -hmm. and they like, Oh, is this your first time? And I was like, Nope, I ran about a hundred different races. they're like, what? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, Oh, this is your first marathon. It's like, Nope, I ran about eight of them already yep and it, it, it's just no not it's so so no so nice a lot that it fucks them up so. that's what i'm saying
0: it breaks their brain <laughs> that, that's
1: what that's why i do it so nice a lot like no nope. uh, <laughs> i've ran eight of them already
0: <laughs> so do you have like like medals and things like that do you have, like a yes. wall of finisher medals and all that yes. yeah yes, badass so badass. I love that. So let's talk about Slow AF Run Club. Let's talk about your book. You yeah. know, who is your book for?
1: Um, truthfully, the book is for the Martinez who started running in 2012 and did not have any resource and nobody yeah. would train them. Yeah. Um, that's that's who this book is for, right? Um anybody who felt left out, felt like they don't have any any resources when it comes to running or just being active, mm-hmm. this is what this book is for, right? Yeah. Because most how-to manuals written by runners are uh, written by runners who are elite athletes, coaches of elite athletes, or like former Olympians, right? Yeah. And they're telling you how to run their way. Yeah. And even when I got my running coach certification, they gave you a book. It is called the Daniel's Formula on Running, right? And they're like, "This is the Bible. Like, this is the book you want to use when you're coaching people." open that book and it's boring as fuck it's dense it has types of formulas and it has pace charts that don't even go past like a 13 minute mile yeah so i'm like so this is the bible like is this your king yeah is this your king and it's like it 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 didn't work for me so i had to make stuff that works for me and this book is full of um i call them cautionary tales Mm -hmm. different stories that i experienced being a a plus size runner things i wish i would have learned the hard way or wish i would have learned the easier way but i had to learn the hard way and um yeah like not only do i give you these stories but i also give you step-by-step ways on how to run and breaking it down from mindset to actual form to nutrition, to recovery, to workouts, all of that stuff that I wish I would have known or people who have asked me throughout the years is inside yeah. that book.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you talk about the cautionary tales and the things that you wish that you didn't have to learn the hard way. Yeah. Is there an example that comes to mind right away?
1: Yes. There's tons of examples. So first time, um, a cautionary tale or a lesson I learned the hard way, I call it the chafe monster. The what? The chafe master?
0: The chafe monster. chafe
1: monster. So one run I went, this is probably the longest run I ever went on. And I had, I was wearing these long basketball shorts, cotton underwear. And like, it was a very uncomfortable run. Cotton from head to toe, right? And I remember like running, adjusting the underwear because it's riding up. adjusting my shirt, all this other stuff. And I get done with the run. Like, felt good about it. You know what it's time for me to go get a shower i get in the shower <laughs> when that hot water hit my raw body i made the loudest noise in the world and it felt as if i was being cut by a thousand razors <laughs> because nobody told me hey Martinez, <laughs> you shouldn't be running in cotton no. especially in cotton underwear <laughs> yo what are you doing so that's a type of cautionary tale I have in there, right? Um, Safe is yeah. the shape is real, yeah. Shape is real. Another cautionary tale is on um, the time where I had to call uh, my significant other until they come get me off the side of the road. So I was running, and before before this one time, I wouldn't eat anything before I go run. Mm. You know, I, I was still in the mindset of like, well, like I need to lose a few pounds. Like, yeah. let me not eat. And just go work out and i'll just eat afterwards i have a protein shake or whatever whatever like that was my mindset back then right when i first started running started running and there's this term called hitting the wall and running and like it's literally where like your your energy will be instantly sucked from you right so i was running i was out in the sun and like instantly it's like like ran out of energy and like felt like i was gonna faint so i like had to call my significant other And sit on like the stoop or the stump and say, hey, come get me. Like, I feel like I'm about to to faint. And in the car ride back, she was like, you hungry? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking starving. (laughs) And she's like, you didn't eat anything before you went on the run? And I was like, no, I never eat. And she's like, that's dumb. (laughs) You You should eat. (laughs) that's
0: a different kind of delusional right that's a different kind
1: of she's like that's dumb why you didn't eat like you know what i don't know like i just thought you know i'll I'll just eat afterwards so like those are types of cautionary tales that i have um, in the book
0: yeah We um, had—I don't know if you know—Mia Braithwaite, the fat athlete, and she is a fat rock coach as well. Yes, and she was one of the first guests on the podcast, and that was that was the theme of the podcast: why runners need to stop dieting. You need to fuel your body
1: exactly,
0: exactly. So I know that you you have that sort of effort approach to diets as well. You know, what piece of advice would you give to somebody who is shifting from? diets and exercising to lose weight to fueling your body and exercising because it's for you for joy
1: <clears throat> diets are dumb mm. that's the first thing just it's dumb um so I, I say that not just from like um a motivational speaker mm-hmm. type of thing right so in the past life um martinez has a um Bachelors in exercise science. I also have a master's in health promotion, right? Which is a subset of public health. During that time, I was also working at a um uh, medical school who who did a lot of research in um behavior change, social media, and things of that sort. Of so one of the uh, PIs, as we like to call them, or like principal investigators or like the professors there, like she did a study looking at all of the diets. And comparing them of like all of the weights lost over time and things of that sort. And the, the the result of that study was that there was no one diet better than the other when it came to amount of weight loss and how much weight stayed off um post post trial. Mm-hmm. So diets are dumb. They're dumb, <laughs>
0: they're dumb and they don't
1: work. They're and they're dumb. not
0: health promoting.
1: They, they don't work um it does not promote health and you know and i think the last thing is that when you are a larger person a person of size you know a lot of people tend to forget like there's this term called homeostasis mm-hmm. which means like if your body has been doing this for a long period of time it wants to stay there right yeah. um there's also a term called adiposity rebound yeah. which means that once you lose weight or lose fat or whatever things that that fat wants to get back there because of homeostasis and then the other thing is that like there's no such thing as like burning fat right mm-hmm. once those fat cells once your body grows those fat cells and you quote unquote lose weight those fat cells still stay in yeah. the body those fat cells don't go anywhere they just shrink and get smaller so hormonally those fat cells want to be nice and plump. Yep. Yep. So when you think about all of that, you really understand that this whole diet shit is just bullshit. It's
0: literal BS. It literally, it's not scientific.
1: It's not. It's not. And fueling for your body and fueling for the activities makes more sense. So I I really think it's interesting when people are like, oh, you're promoting obesity. Like how are you going to, be active and run and not lose weight You're like you must be eating thousands of calories a day and i'm like actually i do like have you heard about my basal metabolic rate like yeah <laughs> have, you have, you
0: have... <laughs> have, you... have you heard that time have you heard about my basal metabolic rate
1: <laughs> <laughs> up bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about my nasal, my basal body right because oh. <laughs> like people don't know that so when when i can flex and just throw those terms around yeah and it's like i know more than you like yeah yeah you you get your information from um uh, influencers and like just um infomercials but like yeah. i actually went to school and learned this shit so yeah. like yeah like you must be eating twenty thousand calories it's like that's impossible but like yeah. Like as a 300 pound man, like my base amount, polygrade is somewhere around 3,500 calories, yeah. so like maybe a little bit more. So
0: especially as, as a runner, exactly. As exactly. A runner. Like it's so interesting when <laughs> like somebody will tell me they're on a $1,200 or sorry, a 1200 calorie diet and they're easily 300 pounds. I'm like, that's not enough calories. Nope. That's, that is, you're eating less than half of probably what you need. Yeah. No, definitely less than half. Like you are starving yourself. Mm-hmm. I know, and 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 again, like you say, you're getting your information from infomercials, from from bad, 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 like bad information, not rooted right. in science, not rooted in reality,
1: exactly. and
0: and it causes so much harm, right? So much harm. So if you think about Slow Wave Run Club, that the, we have the book, but we have the culture, like the culture mm-hmm. that you're creating, right? What do you? hope will be your legacy from what you're creating here
1: oh man um the legacy i I hope i'm creating is that i i actually changed the running industry to make it more inclusive and it stays that way yes Um, i think that's a legacy that i'm really trying to build here um When it comes in the running industry, uh, a a big thing is a racial, racial identity, but also gender identity, right? Especially when it comes to sport, when you think about some of the um, bias laws that has been passed when it comes to gender identity. And like, I'm always like, that stuff is amazing. It's great. But, and can we also focus on like pace diversity and, you know, uh, size inclusivity as well? Right, because yeah. I think all of that stuff goes hand in hand. Like, yes, you are working with gender identity and making sure that there's a a, a nine a non-binary check that somebody can check there. Did you also get shirts past a two X?
0: Yeah, there as well. Yeah,
1: right. Like last time I checked, you know, you get these shirts at dollars on the on a you know literally dollars. Can't you spend the extra? two or three dollars and get somebody a shirt that actually
0: fits
1: them yeah so those are the things that i'm thinking about i'm actually um uh, one of the other things that we're doing is that yes we have slow yet run club the actual club mm-hmm. there's an app on ios and android so you okay. can go download that right now um but we're in the process of launching a non-profit as well so called the slow yet run club foundation and one of the things that we're doing there is that we're allowing individuals or we will be allowing individuals to apply to launch their own uh, in-person Slower Front Club in their own local area yeah. so we have that but one of the things that we're also going to be doing is working with these races and providing various toolkits based off the feedback we get of the members of like how races can be more size inclusive or pace inclusive as well
0: yeah yes I love that oh my goodness this just came to me and stop packing up the marathon until everybody's finished the cross finish line great <laughs> right? tell everyone's finished that was always something that like in yeah. in you know, whenever I would do any kind of races and it's like people have packed up their chairs and are leaving and are waving goodbye as they're walking out and everything's closed. And by the time you finish the cross the finish line, please, please stay until the last racer is done. Right. This is, this is a part of being inclusive is making sure that you're still supporting everybody's run counts, everybody, even the pace, the lower paces, the slower paces. Right.
1: So I also think about that when it comes to racing in general, right? Like my thing is this if like if it ain't for the elite athletes who are running to get a a prize money yeah all the other runners truthfully don't matter yeah so like why not do it where there's a reverse like you know where they got it now is like you got the elites go off to the next First, passes and so yeah. on and so on. like why not inverse that right yeah. why not you know, give the person or like give somebody the opportunity to opt in and say like, hey, I need more additional time on the course. Like let them start before yeah. the race actually officially start. I think there's so many ways that you can be creative to let that individual who wants to run and participate, yeah. but also feel like they want, they won't uh, finish within a cutoff to still participate and yeah. still get everything that they need from it. I, I think that's the thing is that yeah. I feel like they almost, they're stealing from me. They're stealing from us because we paid this money just like everybody else. Yep. You line us up in the back and you tell us good luck and then yep. you shut down everything, even though we paid our, our green money, just like everybody else to get a, uh, a pleasant race experience. Yeah.
0: And I said, coming home to the lights turned off. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about being inclusive. It's not a box that you check. How are you creating a culture of inclusivity where everybody is welcome and there isn't some people are welcome and some people are tolerated,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Celebrated and tolerated. I love that. So you mentioned that you have the slow AF run club app that people can join. I love that you're able to create your own sort of satellite, slow AF run clubs in your local area. We have the book coming out June 6th. We have you all over Instagram and TikTok as 300 pounds and running where where is the first place people should connect with you
1: um ig, IG yeah. is where 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 is it at for me uh at 300 pounds and running um, uh, 300 300 spell out pounds and running yeah um and then the next is you know ig for um uh, slow run club so it's run slow AF on instagram and um facebook but I, I one of the things i always encourage people is to Download the Slow Your Front Club app. We have about 10,000 members worldwide there. And we are just there to pour into your love tank and let everybody know that they are runners and here to support you along the way.
0: I love it. I love it. Before we wrap up, any final piece of advice for listeners today?
1: Uh, My final piece of advice is that it may look different from what you see on TV, but you can do it
0: oh beautiful i love it oh thank you so much for joining me today this has been brilliant i love it i cannot wait for your book to come out i cannot wait for our listeners to get to dive in and and read it friends remember to not be afraid to do things on your own because you're probably gonna have to and what is it delusional self-belief
1: delusional delusional self-belief
0: brilliant i love it thank you so much martinez this has been fabulous thank
1: you
0: thank you so much for listening Visit fantasticalfatty.com forward slash podcast to connect with our guests and access all the resources we shared today. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at fantasticalfatty. You can catch the video version of this podcast over on YouTube. Just search fantasticalfatty. Please share the fat love with your besties and send them a link to today's show if you think they're going to love it. Don't forget to follow us on your fave podcast platform and give us a rating and review so the algorithm loves us back. And most importantly, stay fat and fantastic, fatties. Love ya.